There are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. This week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Gene, and Lee investigate September 11th. The events of September 11th, 2001, remain one of the most transformative spectacles in American and world history. However, many disagree about the motives and identities of the attackers, as well as the fundamental details of what happened that day. Joining me to discuss 9-11 are civilian investigator Eugene Fire Doesn't Melt Steel O'Neill. Good evening, or afternoon, ladies and germs. And conspiracy expert Lee Golden. Inside Jobs, open for business. I'm historian Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. All right, guys. This is, uh, as Gene said before we started recording the show, this episode is too big to fail. <laughs> this is this is one of the biggest uh, conspiracy topics. Uh, I think I, I I think it's co- uh, pretty much comparable to the JFK literature at this point. No matter yeah, I... what, we're gonna slam some truth into your brains. Yeah, we're just going to slam it through your earbuds, into your inner ear, and then explode your brain and your, with truth. Your head will pan, start to pancake until, <laughs> until the top of your head reaches your feet. Right, because we've also put thermite inside your brain stem and then we're gonna steal to all help the, with the collapse. Yeah, and then we're going to steal all the gold hidden inside. Uh, but, uh, but yes, we were talking about... September 11th today, but uh, but in terms of business that we have to take care of beforehand... Should we be specific which September 11th? Uh, uh, yes, September 11th, 1991. It's the date that the dude pre-date, uh, post-dated his check for In the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Mm, well, that proves it. It was an inside job. Closing <laughs> up for business, going home. Remember, well, guys, the Cohens are Jews, and they they had known about 9-11 for a long time at that yeah, point. That's why they didn't die in the World Trade Centers. Yeah, that, that's why those thousands of Jews got got text messages beforehand and didn't go to work that Did day. Did you notice the Cohen brothers were nowhere to be found downtown in New York that day? Yeah. Because they were in L.A. where they live. <laughs> no, they live in, uh, they live in Brooklyn. Uh, a friend of mine uh, got a job... Uh, tutoring someone. He's a um, he's a, mu- a musician. He Brian, got a job. This story already doesn't add up. Oh yeah, you have a, a guy I know who hates me. Okay, <laughs> uh, got a got a job tutoring uh, someone in cello, and he went over to the apartment building and he knocked on the door and Francis McDormand opened, and he was like, uh, "I'm here to tutor cello," and she's like, "Oh, that's across the hall," so. He went, that he sounds act, like the beginning of a really the... bad stag film. <laughs> I'm here to teach you cello, Francis McDormand. Oh, no, that's down the hall of my underwear. But you can wait here. Um, uh, yes, but in terms of business, before we get into the case, I would like to apologize if there is terrible sound on my end, because there is a block party going on on my street, including a bounce house right in front of my door and two different stereo systems playing two different mu- uh, like DJ mixes. Brian, so I think we discussed this before, that even though a block party is a party that everyone on the block 
is invited to. You were specifically invited to it. You received an invitation that said yeah. you must stay in your apartment for a 12-hour period during the party. Yeah, th- and that's exactly why we decided to record now, so that yeah. I w- could just steer clear of all that fun that's going on outside. Right. Although, although when I peered through my window, I did notice a child with a mohawk just silly stringing the shit out of this girl. It was oh. pretty great. That's awesome. Yeah, it was Yeah, I was explaining great. to uh, to someone... That, you know, we're going into fall here, which is basically sweeps week uh, time for conspiracy podcasts. And they said, really? And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) You gave up the joke that easily. Yeah, but I've been balls deep in the archives. I've been running lots of 3D simulations of Mm -hmm. 9-11 and also uh, Pearl Harbor and uh, Dealey Plaza, uh, Kennedy assassination. And I have not been satisfied with any of the uh, many Emmy Award-winning uh, computer simulations of these events. Um, so I took it upon myself to create the World Trade Center and Dealey Plaza in a very advanced uh, computer-aided drafting program called Disney Infinity <laughs> for the Xbox and uh, Wii uh, stations. And so if anyone has a uh, copy of Disney Infinity. I would love for them to come uh, and do some Kennedy assassination or World Trade Center explosion experiments with me. My gamer tag on Xbox is Admiral Snack Bar with a five Shit. for an S. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So I'm glad we got that business out of the way. Okay. Just wanted to, just, I really want someone to play with me, please. <laughs> Um, but yes, in terms of, in terms of, uh, investigating 9-11 and the, this, this theory that has gone, uh, has gone on for years and years that 9-11 was an inside job, uh, looking into these conspiracy theories, it sort of turns out that there are a lot of different angles to why people believe, uh, there was some sort of hoax or, uh, there's yeah, some uh, people government think secret- 9-11 was a hoax. <laughs> that is no, that is fucking true. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> like right like before, they I... think the buildings are still there. No, uh, 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 they think they, they just think put that a the... giant sky-colored blanket over them. I literally just watched a video where a guy says that the planes that you see in videos are all holograms, and that every eyewitness who claims they saw a plane fly into the World Trade Center, they are actually describing planes flying by New York City. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and I mean, that's, that is not as crazy as some of these get. Um, but, but, but yes, like I, like I was saying, there's, there's, a, there are a couple of different angles to the way that people approach the, the conspiracy theory. Some people think that the government was involved, uh, uh, in planning the attacks or in using controlled demolitions to bring down, uh, the World Trade Center. Uh, other people think that the government had foreknowledge and just let it occur. Um, whereas other people just have very bizarre ideas about what exactly happened on September 11th, uh, as that guy who cited the holograms of the planes, um, uh, as I mentioned, but, uh, I think in order to, to start off, to give you some sort of idea of why people might be, you know, weirded out or have, have additional questions about September 11th. Uh, I want to, I want to talk about two things straight from the top. So this is, I'm going to play an audio clip here. This is Wesley Clark, uh, General Wesley Clark, who you might remember ran for president in 2004 or ran for the Democratic, 
uh, nomination for president in 2004. This is an interview he did uh, with Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! And this is 2007, and he's describing what happened, uh, what he witnessed on the morning of September 11th and afterwards. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So that was that was General Clark. And then this is actually uh, this was released in, I believe, 2005. This is the supposed plan, the, the strategy plan for Al Qaeda up through 2020, the year 2020. Uh, first step is to provoke the United States into invading one Muslim country and then tie down up occupying forces there with uh, terrorism and local resistance. Uh, expand the conflict into neighboring countries in the region, forcing the U.S. and its allies to invade additional countries and expanding the resistance to them. Uh, convert al-Qaeda into an ideology and set of operating principles. Uh, and then the final step is the U.S. economy will finally collapse in 2020 because of the strain on its economy of these multiple engagements all over the Middle East. So, so Al-Qaeda basically is copying the White House's plan. <laughs> well, it, 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 is, it is curious that these plans uh, are identical. Yes, uh, seem to be identical in nature or at least have uh, huge amounts of overlap. Um, but also in the way that the, the, the elements of them have played out over the years since 2001. Uh, America invaded uh invaded afghanistan and has been there ever since fall of 2001 in 2003 famously we invaded iraq and despite the fact that the uh the u.s government likes to announce that the war is over we still have tons of people in iraq uh in either mercenaries or um military forces or state department officials we also uh, have lots of military personnel in germany so it's pretty much we never really leave anywhere. yeah exactly we don't like to leave uh but then the the invasion uh the nato invasion and assistance with resistance during the libyan civil war uh two years ago as well as assistance invasion, with though. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a soft, soft core invasion. And Assistance um, of the Res- of the Resistance was also a band that opened for Ozo Motley every time they played in Santa Cruz. <laughs> uh, Which was awesome. Are, aren't you thinking of <laughs> yeah. e- Aren't you thinking of Eek a Mouse? Yeah, that's the same thing. Oh, right. Um, and then, uh, of course, currently the situation that is happening in Syria, and like uh, like Wesley Clark uh, mentioned in the clip, these these are all countries that sort of surround or in the region near Iran, which uh, seems to be this big prize, uh, so to speak. Um, and uh, isn't it amazing that such a shithole is such a big prize? <laughs> so we're four, hey, four of seven. So we are well, Sudan. We haven't invaded, but we do uh, conduct military operations there. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we can count that as an invasion. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. Uh, military activity is not necessarily an invasion, but then again, you know, we we didn't really truly invade Libya except for like funneling money to sub-Saharan resistance fighters. It's not truly an invasion until we build a Burger King, okay? It, it's not truly an invasion until we've heard John Kerry say the phrase boots on the ground one million times. Why does he look like a Muppet? There's a Muppet that looks just like him. What happened to his, his jaw? Um, Frank Oz stuck his, <laughs> his fingers into it. What do you mean what happened to his jaw? Oh, right. So, so Frank Oz is doing the John Kerry voice? Yeah. You guys, I get told, not nearly as often anymore, but in the 2004 election, I got numerous comparisons to John Kerry. Who on earth would say that? You don't look a thing like him. No, if you look at young pictures of John Kerry, I do kind of look like him. Oh, so like John Kerry when he's squinting and looking awkward on that yacht with JFK? Yeah, just look up look up pictures of him in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know when I was they look exactly like pictures of you in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're not looking at my Vietnam pictures. <laughs> yeah, you like, boater. I remember a guy. I was working at a restaurant in New York, and a guy said, "You look like our next president." And uh, I was like, "Really, George Bush?" <laughs> it's like, don't well, no one wants that, to hear they look like John Kerry. Wasn't that around the time that uh, the RNC hosted the Republican National Convention? Yeah, it, in it was New York right City? at that time. Man, so people might have thought you were a slumming John Kerry trying to infiltrate the yeah. the convention yeah well i remember i had an african-american friend in the last in the 2008 election um everyone kept saying dude you look like the next president he would go he would go fred dalton thompson <laughs> i i still don't understand why you have to use his middle name when you say fred thompson yeah no one um, calls him that so only one anyway we should we should get on we should get on track here now um the events of 9-11, uh, I mean, probably if anyone is listening to this, they can remember where they were and what they were doing and how they heard the news and sort of the timeline of events yeah. as they happened that day. I listened to the Loveline episode from that day because I was like trying to think of like... Oh, oh I totally did that name. once too. I, it was the weirdest thing because I remember listening to Loveline that night and so I was trying to get <laughs> back to trying to get back to normal. Yeah, exactly. And so I just uh, listened to uh, Adam Carolla be racist for a while, and it was uh, very interesting. <laughs> I listened to if you li- if you go and listen to the Howard Stern episode that day because they were re- they were doing it, you know, at the time. Uh, yeah, it they is so racist. <laughs> no, Jackie Martland did take did a voice for one of the planes. I want you to take your top off. 
no, it is so racist. It's it, it's shockingly racist. But I had like a substitute teacher who was like a World War II veteran in, that day at school, and I was just like shocked by his racism. And then everyone at school became racist, and then I was like some weird lefty pinko because I was like. Yeah, maybe uh, killing more people after they kill us, not the best idea and kind of just what they wanted us to do. And everyone yeah, was I th- like, get out of here, commie. I think when you say your whole school became racist, you mean the entire country. Yeah, uh, I went because... to school at United States High School. Because, Meanwhile, I, mean, it... I was at RA training already a week into uh, insane cultural diversity sensitivity training oh, god like how many times there. did you close your eyes and fall backwards into somebody's outstretched arms mm, at least once a day yeah that's how like many a times good did people wake call up paul walker lind american hero what that guy paul yeah. lind what wasn't, wasn't paul... there some john walker lind or some guy who was like a... <laughs> paul lind was the guy from hollywood squares <laughs> and bye bye oh. birdie Oh, hello I think, there. I think I mixed him in with Paul Walker, the guy from John, yeah. Fast and the Furious. John Walker Lind, the American Taliban. Is yeah, that guy. Of. That, well, he, was, I mean, he went to Santa Cruz with us, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, ooh, I just said it. I have to take a drink. If you listen to our clip show of our, of our montage of right exactly, Lee and I have promised each other we're going to try to cut that down. Right, exactly. Exactly. Oh, um, but no, so I'm 30, Gene, you're, you're 32 now, right? Yeah, thanks, Brian. Oh, sorry. You're you're one year younger than Muhammad Atta was on 9-11, right? Yes. Was he, a thir- okay. was he 33? Yeah, he doesn't look it, does he? He looks like 45 or something. Man, so I have a year, basically. To make a oh, name to make a name for myself. Jesus, I guess so. You have a you have a year to meet with Iraqi agents in Prague. Yeah. Right. Um if you want but, to see though, if you want to take a look and remember who all of the uh the terrorists were on that day, I did post up a picture of all of them uh that was released by the Justice Department. You can see it on the Inside Jobs Twitter. I, I believe the that we retweeted yes. that, right, Brian? At Inside Jobscast, yes sir. Yeah. But then but then Lee, you're you're twenty twenty eight, twenty nine? I just turned 29 at Disneyland. Happy birthday. So, so we, that means we were that all I didn't grow sorry. up at all. It's but it's Neverland. I didn't grow up. So we were all in that in that age of like, you know, late high school, early college, kind of becoming aware of things. I remember the 2000 election was the first time I voted and it was such a like silly big deal. But but uh, a lot of our friends are around this uh, same age and kind of had responses that were similar where you're already confused because of your own personal identity and the the identity you're trying to forge for yourself and and all that sort of nonsense that goes on during your teenage years. But then also this huge event happened that really shaped like the next I mean since it happened uh the events of 9/11 have been shaping everything you know almost everything related to culture and society and the political activities of our country and you know like like lee when you're saying it, that you served ter- it, you served the uh, who shot mr burns episode as the cultural touchstone <laughs> of our which generation. people will forget was only like three years old at that point yeah uh, which had surpassed the who shot jr episode which had surpassed world war ii right which is um, the best world which War was I. the first thing to ever happen. 
<laughs> Which was also known as the Who Shot Archduke Franz Ferdinand episode. Yeah. Which, Gabriel Princip. Um, But, I mean, I'm sure as everybody listening to this can remember where they were and all the, like, political divisions or changes that went on in the, like, months and years afterwards. It's, all the flags it, and everything. It's really crazy to look back at because in, in, in doing research for this episode, I had to watch a lot of uh, like news footage that was there on the day interviewing people. And it's weird because 2001 was basically the 90s still. Like you still had a yeah. lot of uh, women with these like huge hairsprayed haircuts. Uh, Will Smith still rapped. Yeah, the Chirons on uh, news channels were didn't take up three-fourths of the screen. Um, but it, it's really crazy to see these people. And like before the second plane crashes into the, uh, the South Tower, they're still thinking it's an accident. You know, they, they still think that the event was, was a mistake. And it isn't until that second plane crashes that they realize, you know, what's another accident? What are the odds? (laughs) Shit. Yeah. No, they're, man, they must be filming the next Tom Clancy movie in New York. (laughs) <laughs> i remember they uh, had tom clancy on tv that day or the day after and he was like i predicted it just read my books everyone's like yeah right whatever he yeah in one of his books read in, all the books <laughs> in one of tom clancy's books uh, a japanese kamikaze pilot in the modern era crashes into the capitol lighter. building yeah and he kills like well the he never got the call Congress. that japan lost the wars so he was just still yeah he was one around of, he was one of those holdouts and after Jack world Ryan. war ii who was vice president at the time, who was like Harrison Ford and Alec Baldwin and Ben Affleck's character from all those clear and present danger movies. And he Chris becomes Pine. president. It's actually yeah. a great book. You should read it. One of my <laughs> favorite we... theories is that Muhammad Atta was up for the next, was up for Jack Ryan in the next movie, <laughs> and he was doing research for the role. <laughs> he, was, he was method. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> he was supposed to prevent a plane crashing into the World Trade Center. Obviously, yeah. he didn't get the part. <laughs> they were still considering up, him up through December that year, but yeah. we realized it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But so basically, I think we should just give a little timeline of what happened that day, because people who haven't done a lot of research for it might not remember exactly uh, every every single little thing that happened. But uh, essentially... 1937, uh, Hitler annexes so, Poland. So it's <laughs> essentially January 1933. Hitler rises to power. <laughs> and then King Kong... This, and then King Kong comes out. Uh, uh, no. Um, uh, I mean, essentially, uh, a, a, in a way to like really make this compact, uh, you have to know that during the Soviet-Afghan War... Osama bin Laden and Ayman Zawahiri kind of got together fighting against the Soviets and introduced this new organization that was subsequently called Al-Qaeda. They met in gym and, class, right? Uh, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> bin if you Laden need information was, about bin Laden this, was watch climbing he, the rope and he fell. And, yeah. and he fell right on top of Zawahiri's head yeah. and they've been close ever since. Yeah. Um, no, uh, but they sort of were based on, uh, were, were basing a lot of their ideologies, uh, in these, you know, radical, radical Muslim, but also like a, quite a fair bit of anti-colonialist theory, um, in trying to come up with a plan to 
free what they what they saw as the holy sites of of Islam and the dignity of the Isla Islamic peoples in the Middle East, and so they engaged in quite a few uh, attacks. Um, there are rumors that the 1993 bombing of World Trade Center was related to um, Al Qaeda in the base through Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, but they it turns the out same name. <laughs> well, it turns out that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed didn't really get together with bin Laden until much later. So it seemed like that was an isolated event. But uh, um, they also tried to do this thing called Operation Bojinka, which uh, I, I won't go into crazy detail here, but it's basically the most insane thing that has ever been planned. Isn't Bojinka uh, like a Parker Brothers game? <laughs> you're thinking of Pachinko. Oh, okay. Operation, but, figure out how to win that pachinko game. Uh, and then they subsequently planned Operation Clue Museum Caper. Yeah. Then they <laughs> plan <laughs> um, no, but then uh, they operation planned Operation. <laughs> Good one, Lee. Uh, operation Bojinka was this plan. It was a three-part plan that is insane. Part one, assassinate Pope John Paul. Part two, simultaneously explode 12 commercial jets over the Pacific Ocean. Part three, the crash search for Spock. <laughs> Part three, uh, suicide crash uh, a Cessna into FBI headquarters, uh, or uh, sorry, CIA headquarters. Uh, or get Part Grand four Theft was... Auto 5 before it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then but, a non-canonical part four chinatown wars yeah. yeah part five the two jakes uh <laughs> but you never shut up about the two jakes movie. it's such a bad movie um but but then there's also of course the famous uh tanzania and kenya bomb embassy bombings uh and the u.s coal bombings so it was around this time that the name osama bin laden was entering american public uh public awareness but um nobody really knew the extent to which bin laden was up to stuff but um as as i mentioned on a post on our website insidejobscast.com about clinton after he bombed Su uh, sudanese um uh medicine factory trying to trying to take down bin laden uh following the uh embassy bombings bin laden was able to move to afghanistan where he was uh offered offered rights to live by the Taliban which were the uh, far right um fundamentalist islamic uh controllers of the country beardos uh, as they were known at the time yes basically everyone in afghanistan is nicknamed beardo which doesn't make keeping their names apart really any confusing. easier um, um it's like way, calling someone it's like calling someone jack out here or slim yeah, because if you yeah, say Jack, then Ben Affleck um, and Harrison Ford and Alec Baldwin will go, yes. Don't forget Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we admit. I noticed. Um, but so uh, in, in, in the late 90s, Bin Laden... Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and some of the other upper uh, upper echelons of Al Qaeda um, operations decided that they Sergeant wanted to commit. Slaughter was one of them too. Yep, Sergeant Slaughter, Snake General Eyes, not Chaos, involved. And, uh, Iron Sheik, <laughs> Iron, Iron Chef, Chef, Chef Daniels, Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> um, 
they decided that they wanted to commit a huge attack against the United States. And sub- uh, subsequently, this has been characterized as the, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that sort of plan that Al-Qaeda set out for to bankrupt the United States by 2020. Uh, they wanted to commit a huge attack on the United States so that the United States would start to overextend its military. By the time 2020 came on TV. Right. And as they say with 2020, that's good vision. Uh, so that, those 93 uh, World Trade Center attacks were kind of like the Velvet Underground uh, album. Yeah. That like it, all the terror, all the you know future terrorists heard about that attack and they all immediately form their own terrorist cell. Right. Exactly. Oh, we fucking just did it back to back, Lee. Uh, (laughs) I love it. uh, But, uh... Take a sip. But so they, um... They assembled, uh... They assembled some core people, some core members of this group to commit some type of operation. Oh, this is the montage where we see all the experts. Yeah. Get the band um, back together. Yeah, this, Muhammad, yeah, this is like where they get Matt Damon and then they get Brad Pitt. Yeah, and yeah. then they get the Chinese guy in a piece of luggage. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie um, Mac does something. Man, rest in peace, that Bernie Mac. Um, but so then Muhammad Atta sort of became the leader of this, and he was an Egyptian national who had uh, radicalized while living in Hamburg, Germany, where he was studying to be, uh, I believe it was an engineer, but he knew some other radical, uh, yeah, he was fundamentalists also, uh, in that area. He was also a uh, douchebag. He was a douche. Yeah. Uh, all reports about this guy that came out uh, after after the attacks are that he was just a fucking asshole. Just like As opposed a, to the other 9-11 guys who were just really nice dudes. A lot well, of them were misunderstood. Well, a lot. It, it, that's actually weird about some of the other attackers, and something that conspiracy theorists point to is that some of these other guys ha- were married and had families and gave no signs of being interested right. in, you know, terror or committing any sort of acts of violence. One of the t- one of the um, hijackers from, I believe it was United ninety three, actually like called his wife the morning of to tell her that he loved her and and say hello. But it's, Gene is right. A lot of them were misunderstood because they all had funny accents and it was hard to understand them. Yeah. My wife. But um so Muhammad Atta got together with some other people like Ramzi Al bin Ashib and uh and some other people who were deciding to fund the plan and it became the plan became to get four teams of five people each, one pilot, four muscle uh, terrorists, and they would each board a, board a commercial jet, hijack it, and then crash it into a, a public place. The two World Trade Center Twin Towers were chosen, as was the Pentagon, as was the Capitol building. Uh, there, uh, on the day of, and Tom uh, Clancy was planning the attacks. Yes, Tom oh, Clancy well. wrote the script, but they rejected his first three drafts because it was too too detail oriented. Right. Uh, but but it, it, uh, an operation like this is wildly expensive. And and uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but bin Laden was from this like multimillionaire family and he had all these connections with uh, other uh, fundamentalist uh, Muslims who also had plenty of money. And they were able to funnel just hundreds of thousands of dollars into the United States for Atta to use to do things like take uh, take uh, flying lessons. Um, travel all over the country, get prostitutes and strippers, dry runs, and yes, get prostitutes, strippers, and do hell of coke. 
Yeah. Um, Sounds like good times. Room. I mean, yeah, it, yes, it, 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 it turns true. out it turns so, uh, Eventually, 19 people total were involved in the plot. Uh, United 93 only had three muscle uh, 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 hijackers and one pilot. But yeah, of the 19 attackers, three, wait, I don't three muscled hijack- muscle like uh, like a like a mafia guy brings in muscle. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, three muscly, and they actually hijackers. were le- they actually did have muscles. There are reports of them going to gyms all the time to work out to like beef up so that when they did the hijacking they would be able to overpower people so they'd be right. ready um, for those virgins that they would show up in, uh, in <laughs> yeah they wanted to look really good for all those virgins they were gonna get they were very hunky uh um but uh yeah a lot of them apparently when they would go to vegas on some of these uh dry runs they would get together and gamble and drink and smoke and pay tons of money for prostitutes. Let me tell you, thousands you have of a, dollars. When you have a dry run with a prostitute, it does not go well. <laughs> Lee, Lee, we're talking about a very serious issue here. Okay, then why the fuck are we talking about it on our show? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Ata and the the eighteen other uh, hijackers all planned this out. They got plenty of uh, flight training. They were all skilled pilots, so that on the morning of, of September eleventh, uh, two groups left on flights uh, from Boston's Logan Airport, headed for Los Angeles. Uh, one left from Newark, and another left from uh, Dulles Airport in Washington D.C. And within minutes, each of the planes was hijacked, and then. Taken over, pilots were stabbed, uh, and uh, passengers on board called back to, you know, the airline uh, service numbers Asking or family why members. why the cart hadn't come by yet. Oh, oh God. Apparently, apparently um, in, uh, oh gosh, what is it? I think it's United 11, the, the first plane to crash into the World Trade Center. People in the back of the plane didn't even know what was happening. Well, it's because uh, United Service is so fucking <laughs> shitty that like terrorists take over, and you're like, yeah, this is actually kind of better than most of the flights. Yeah. One of the one of the flight attendants was calling like a United rep, and she explained that they had told the people in the back of the plane that there was some sort of routine medical emergency, routine and, terrorist attack. Yeah. So the people in the back of the plane didn't even know it was happening, which just seems crazy. Um, but the, they used knives, four inch blade, knives with four inch blades were allowed to be brought onto planes during that period of time. Uh, and as well as fake bombs, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, yeah, cause you could get a novelty bomb from the gift shop there at the airport. Yeah. They just I, it, it was, that after it, it was that type of bomb where it's just a huge ball with a giant wick <laughs> hanging out of it and a, and a frowny face painted on. Like from a Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so a lot of, a lot of the passengers who were able to call people, uh, reported that, uh, there were, there was a bomb, but many of them suspected it was fake. But the terrorists were basically able to hijack the plane, kill the pilots, get into the cockpit and throw then... Kevin Smith off for being too fat. Yeah, too fat to fly, and then uh, you know, ultimately crash the planes into their designated targets, all except for the fourth plane, which which crashed in a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Uh, United ninety three. How do we know uh, that wasn't their target though? Because that was a pretty <laughs> nice field. Well, uh, I don't know if you remember, but the United States uh, basically decided that they would declare martial law all over the world. And and uh, some of the people that they arrested after the fact uh, who helped plan the flight admitted that uh, 
the Capitol building was the initial target. The field was the secondary target. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. They arrested and, everyone, including that guy with the giant mustache. They arrested him again, the guy from the Lincoln assassination that they thought was Jack the Ripper. <laughs> oh, God. What was his name? Doctor something. Oh, we Dr. recorded mustache. that. We recorded that so long ago, and I just can't can't remember it. Uh, Dr. But, but yes, uh, I, I think we can all agree that the morning that happened, everybody was glued to their television and in shock. And during the actual time period of... Kids, by the way, that was the preferred way of watching TV during the early 20th century was, or 21st century was to just literally glue one's face to the TV because we didn't have 3D then as close. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have cell phones either, so you couldn't just play Tetris while the TV was on in the background. Uh, but yeah, basically people were glued to the TV, TV all day and... Obviously, we just didn't know what was going to happen after the. Fr- the I knew it was the- going to happen. Well, Gene, why don't you tell us what you were up to on night? <laughs> <laughs> eh, probably uh, better I don't. <laughs> I think so, but um, but yeah, people just didn't know when it was going to end after the first plane, and then the second plane, the third, and the fourth. You know, people were just really scared that this was ju- this was some sort of all-out attack that you know might go on indefinitely. Um, but it was a really weird time. Uh, a lot of public things were closed down. I had friends who were planning on going to Universal Studios that day. And you want to talk they... about a real tragedy. Well, I don't know if you've been on that backdraft ride, but it is the tits. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, uh, uh, flights were ca- flights were grounded for like a week when that happened. None of the uh, Star Tours flights took off at all that week. Yeah, except for Darth Vader's because he doesn't play by the rules. Uh, but yeah, it was just a really weird time. I mean, what do you, what do you guys remember about that time that was weird? Because Lee, I guess you were still in school. Yeah. Um, did did your gosh. teachers? So you're in high school. Did your teachers just turn on the television and? Yeah, we had up? a we had a substitute teacher in uh, in uh, like uh, social studies that day. I remember like my super like liberal teacher who I usually agreed with on a lot of things, she suddenly, like, became kind of pro-war, and I was, like, really weirded out. A lot of my friends, like, went to war, and that was weird. And um, my neighbor's stepdad just, like, started getting weird and racist and violent. There, There was lots of flags everywhere. Everyone was acting like a guy in a movie about terror. Like, it wasn't like, hey, let's sociologically understand, like, where these people are coming from and maybe, like, how we can make the world a better place so that people don't want to do this kind of shit. It was just no – it was just like a, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It was really weird. Um, well, that's that's sort of where I wanted to go on from there because uh, the conspiracy – the initial reaction or at least the majority reaction to the day of 9-11 and the events that happened were we need to go bomb someone. We need to – Find out who di- who is responsible for this and go after them. Communal and, violence is kind of yeah. what people wanted. They wanted like an execution, sort of. But uh, afterwards, as victims' family members started learning that their loved ones had died, and sure enough, as soon as we started to go into Afghanistan and it didn't immediately go our way, and then of course we invaded Iraq afterwards and that didn't go our way either, uh, people started to look look at 9-11 all over again and start asking additional questions 
And I think also the like, what official... what happened on 9-11? <laughs> what was with those holograms? <laughs> Why was that plane landed in Ohio, emptied, and we never heard from those people again, yet they claimed that it crashed in a field in Pennsylvania? Did you know how many uncounted uh, butterfly ballots were in Building 6 when it exploded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many hanging chads were there in oh, WTC7? Brian beats me to the hanging chads joke. <laughs> God, you've been waiting 12 years for that one. I have been waiting. Oh, I had one. I had one ready to go. I'm going to break what's, open the emergency box. What's weird about hanging chads is like all of that shit just immediately disappeared. Yeah. Uh, that was the September biggest trend. I had all these great hanging chad jokes back then. And, You'd been running for And I had to put them away, on. yeah, because no one mm-hmm. was talking about it anymore. But, uh, but yes, as America started to respond to the, to the, attack uh, militarily and politically abroad um, people started to get really upset about the domestic investigations into what had happened and that's about the time i remember in santa cruz you would walk around and there would be these huge dollar bills or like mocked up dollar bills that where the denomination was instead 9-11 and then there was all this information yeah all this information on them about why it was an inside job and what steel doesn't melt at that temperature and and all this sort of stuff and and you couldn't actually buy anything with that money yeah it turns out that i was not rich (laughs) yeah you were trying to buy a lot of stuff at the 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 slug cafe well yeah see i thought I thought those were basically the original bitcoins. So I just put all my money into nine eleven was an inside job currency. Oh, how did that end up working out for you? Uh, I'm still waiting for the market to rebound. <laughs> You're part of that lucky one percent that has most of the nine eleven money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why can't you share the wealth? Um. But uh, but yeah, I remember that, and then the movie Fahrenheit 9/11 came out, uh, based and... on the great Ray Bradbury story about 9/11. <laughs> Isn't that when Fight Club came out too? No, uh, Fight Club 99. came out earlier. That was oh. yeah. That was well, that was a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> Fight Club was great. Yeah. Um, but uh, also but Jurassic a... Park. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah. Oh man, Jurassic Park. Sp- what about oh, Bob? Spider-Man Two came out, and they had to take out the World Trade Center. Yes. That was that was Spider Man one. Yeah, Spider Man one. Spider-Man you know, you're right. Yeah, there was crazy changed, laws well, they in New York. The, oh, sorry. Go ahead. There was crazy filming laws in New York at the time. One of them was if you film a movie in New York, you can't have people looking up towards buildings hmm. because it, it the image of people looking up at a skyscraper was still supposedly so hurtful to yeah. people in America. Is that you true? couldn't fly a plane that into a building? Is that truly, or is that one of those myths that you hear about? Uh, that's true, and uh, go ahead and look it up, and if it's not, edit it out. Lee got it off of <laughs> Snopes.com, which is owned by George Soros, so draw your conclusions. <laughs> um, but, but the way in which people started questioning the official timeline of the day, uh, or uh, of the day's events and, and the planning up to 9-11... Uh, sort of took different routes. And that one that I mentioned at, at the beginning, the sort of Wesley Clark interpretation, whether or not he is telling the truth, who who knows? But uh, a lot of information like from the Project for the New American Century and, you know, 
general Democrats uh, disillusionment over the 2000 election because of the litigation that happened in Florida um, started to started to foment this idea that 9-11 was an inside job. And I think we'll take a break here. 50 minutes into the show. Yeah. And then That's we can start good. talking about the conspiracy. So that we can start talking about the conspiracy, yes. Uh, hopefully when I edit this program, it will be not 50 minutes into the show. But okay, Lee, say something. We'll be right back on America, open for business. No allegiance, nigga, fuck the president's speeches I'm baptized by America and covered in leeches The dirty water that breaches your soul and your facial features Drowning you in propaganda that they spit through the speakers And if you speak about the evil that the government does The Patriot Act to track you to the type Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this first part of our investigation into 9-11 We'll be back Wednesday when we will release the second part of this episode In a decision that was obviously made right now uh, during the recording of the show and not later on Sunday afternoon. We have uh, quite a bit more to, to go into, but uh, I just want to thank a couple fans. We, we did a shout out to a couple of our fans in the um, streetcar episode, but I totally forgot to thank uh, at zombie babies, AKA Gabriel who trolls the hell out of John Cusack every week, yes. begging him to listen to our show, yeah. which I think is amazing. Gabriel, you are awesome. Yeah, you're Thanks, one of our Bob. top fans. And then also I would like to congratulate Jesse, one of our fans, at Anna Capanna, who uh, was selected to be a cultist for the new GTA. Uh, he, he's been rendered into a character in Grand oh, Theft Auto. Oh, I heard Auto. about that contest. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. He's got a fucking epic goatee going on in the, in the image that I saw. I'm going to make sure to murder you when that <laughs> game comes out. And then let's steal your car. And then lastly, I want to, I will, if any of you are listening to this episode because your professor, Professor Erdman, I don't know her first name, uh, told you to listen to us. Thank you very much. Please give her a lot of shit during class because that would be funny to me. But, and just get as much P and V as you can in college. Just, yeah. Just get it. Someday you'll, you'll be engaged. You'll have a podcast. <laughs> And you won't be able to get high and have sex with random people. So just enjoy it. Also, come to San Francisco Improv Festival and Sacramento Improv Festival. Um, but yeah, if, I'm in that. If you and, would like- sometime, and remember, sometimes in Madden, uh, the computer is just cheating. And <laughs> passes that should be touchdowns are dropped or intercepted. And it is totally fair to hit the reset button because that shit influences your stats for the next season. <laughs> yes, yes. And please, if you have Disney Infinity, join me. Admiral Five Nackbar, aka Admiral Snackbar, and let's uh, reenact the Kennedy assassination. All right, it's gonna be super fun. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us at Inside Jobscast, email us insidejobscast at gmail.com, or you can call our hotline four one three two two five nineteen sixty three. Please go to iTunes and rate us five stars. We haven't had a rating in a while, and you could be the next star of the show. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday to complete our investigation of nine eleven. Until then, follow the money.
Clay. Bill Clay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, where did it go? Okay. The events of September 11th, 2000... 